You're listening to the Sean Light Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness business owners escape the chaos of entrepreneurship, simplify the process, and finally grow their business revenue to six figures and beyond. And beyond. This show is about giving the frustrated entrepreneur straightforward solutions and giving you a real-time window into how Sean is building his company, 4A Health, into a seven-figure business. And now, your host, Sean Light. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sean Light Podcast. Uh, at this point, at this point in this wild journey, uh, I have absolutely no idea what number of episode I'm on. And now that we're bringing guests onto this podcast, uh, I mean, the scheduling and all that stuff is a little bit different. But all that aside, we do have Alex Effer here with us today. Uh, he is the founder of Resilient Training and Rehabilitation. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, Sean, thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. It's my, yeah, it's my pleasure, man. So, dude, how how long how long have we known each other? It's it's like I can kind of like vaguely remember our first interaction, uh, yeah. and it's definitely been like five years. Yeah, it's definitely definitely. I remember, you know, I, I mean, honestly, until last year, until COVID started, to be honest, I wasn't really posting much, and you and I were just talking back and forth, and I remember a long time ago we were we were communicating through Facebook and we're just like, yeah, man, we need to do something together and uh, you know, whatever that is. And, you know, but like for, and be honest, like for me, I was not ready. I didn't put anything down on a piece of paper. I was kind of just, you know, figuring out what my voice was and figuring out yeah. how I wanted to communicate. And, but yeah, no, it's been five, six years at least. For sure, man. And, and honestly, I, I will, I will admit, Alex, I've done, I've done quite a bit of research for this, for this episode. No uh, and, <laughs> and I'll, I'll say this, man. And, and I have so many questions and stuff I want to get to and, and, and to talk about, but like, ironically, your mentorship is called evolve. I think you yourself have evolved a ton. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not somebody who consumes a lot of content. So like every once in a while, I'll be like, what's Alex doing? So I'll like, you know, check yourself out. And, uh, I've seen your website. I've seen your all today. I've seen your website. I've seen your uh, podcast stuff. I've seen your, uh, like the programs you offer your social media pages. Uh, and there has been a legitimate evolution there. And, and I'm like, like chomping at the bit, like literally chomping at the bit, uh, to, to learn more about it. Uh, but the first question I have is on your website, I did my deep dive. Okay. Oh, you uh, find a mistake. <laughs> on your website, you have you have like the sick photo of I think you're at Banff National Park in Canada. Is that right? Close. Close. It's called uh Pato Lake, which is um it's in between Banff and Jasper. And literally, it was, you know, my fiance and I, we were dating for about four months and we said, you know what, let's put our relationship to the test. Let's jump in the fire. And so we decided to fly out to Calgary, which if anybody knows how big Canada is, it's like, it's a four hour flight. It's like from flying here to London, England. Like that's how far the distance is. So we flew out there, we rented a car and we drove from Calgary to Vancouver, which is about uh, 2000 miles. But so what we did is we stayed in Banff for three days and we drove to Pato Lake and we just walked through this forest and all of a sudden it opens up to this, that picture that you see, the huge lake. And that picture was honestly, wasn't staged at all. It was just like, 
I was looking at the lake and I turned around and she took the picture and I was like, okay. And she's like, this picture actually looks pretty good. Might as well put it up. I'm like, okay, sure. It does. It does. It's so that's like, so Banff that, so this is what I know. Banff Moraine Lake. Like those are the two, that's like the main attraction there. Uh, and uh, have you been there? Yeah. Yeah. It's like half an hour past Moraine Lake. Like okay. half, it's okay. very close. Like they're all relatively the same. So, so like, obviously, and, and I, I think if, I think if the people listening right now, I think if you, this, by the way, this is what I love so much about the podcast is that like people tune in, they're like, Hey, let's see what these guys have to say. So if you're talking about lakes, I love that. Right. We'll get yeah, to the exactly. good stuff guys. Um, but, uh, so I, I think, I think if anybody listening right now, Googled Banff, Banff National Park or Moraine Lake, they'd know the, the image, like the lake. Is it that blue? Is it that majestic? Do I need to visit? Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, it looks like a filter, but it really isn't. It's you look at it and it's it's that bright blue. Like especially when you go to um, Moraine Lake or Lake Moraine, it's uh, you know when you go there, you can see right at the bottom of the lake. It's so clear, and it because it's natural, it's glacier water, right? It's not like there's it's it's fresh water. It it, it came from like the melting of the glaciers, and that's why all the mountains are there and carved and stuff like that. So. It's, it's literally a glacier, a glacial lake, which is amazing. But yeah, it's that blue. Um, I love to go back there in the winter. I'm, you know, to be honest, like I'm the only Canadian that doesn't ski. <laughs> I played hockey instead. Um, but I, so, so that's not what my purpose of going there in the winter is, but more so to skate on the lakes. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely like if you go to Canada, going to the West Coast is definitely the more majestic and more most beautiful area in the world in my opinion so nice yeah yeah that's uh i i spent some time out in montana i was working for a minor league baseball team out there went up to like mm -hmm. glacier national park uh yeah and I actually so i knew that like a lot of these little streams that were in glacier uh was glacial runoff and i remember being like yeah. this has to be the purest water on the planet oh, 100%. Uh, so i like stuck my water down into the my like bottle down into the into the a stream to like get the water yeah. drank it whatever uh i was fine uh yeah. later found out that that was a horrendous idea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and i yeah. thankfully got a uh, super lucky it didn't get freaking dysentery or something like that uh but, but I, remember, I remember being like yeah you just gotta remember like animals they bathe in that so you're getting like <laughs> right it's not just like i'm not thinking of that i mean i'm from i'm from the jersey shore i'm like sick glacial runoff this is going to be the most pure water like screw the brita filter this is what i need exactly uh, yeah dude but all right man so so much so much to get to uh, the, the first thing that i typically like to start with in like having somebody on the show like this mm -hmm. uh it's what i call the origin story uh and the origin story is like if you ever if you watch a movie like the beginning of the movie like all we're doing is like like likening you to the character now mm -hmm. alex i have already likened myself to you so no need to do that for me uh but for the people listening here, here's what i'm curious about like I mean, obviously there's so much, there's so much, there's so much like from the entrepreneurship side, the business, the exercise science and stuff like that. What was like, what was like, what was, what was the journey for you? What was the story? What stands out to you as like how you, how you became here, how you got here today as vague as that might sound. Yeah. Put a, yeah. put that, put some context for us. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I graduated from school. I mean, I wanted to be a, a physical therapist. Um, but to be honest, I had 
like so I did a lot of clinical rotations. Like I did a lot of interning. I did, I mean, I did thousands of hours and it wasn't even part of the course that I did it. I just wanted to learn. I wanted to understand and understand the field so that I wasn't committing my entire life to something that I would then after doing the education, find out that I didn't like. I always loved doing movement or um, I, I, like I always played sports. I played almost every sport growing up um, as, you know, as, as people, you know, say that you should. Um, but yeah, so my parents put me in everything, but both my parents were accountants. And so I saw them growing up and just, or growing up, I saw them just working behind a desk and not living the healthiest lifestyle, the corporate world. And, you know, and for me, I was just like, there's no way I'm going to put on a suit and tie every day and sit behind a desk and um, work for somebody else. To be honest, I always wanted to work for myself um, just because I saw my parents' experiences by you know, working for a boss and not that it's the, not as a problem. Like I, you know, throughout my career, I made it a point where I did not feel comfortable working for myself because I needed to learn, you know, the, the tools of the trade, if you want to say that, but just like to understand how people communicate, understand how people run business, understand, you know, just get some reps and get some experience. And so, Anyway, so I, I decided not to go into physical therapy. What I did was I got a master's in exercise physiology, which in Canada allows you to become an exercise physiologist, which allows you to work with professional athletes as well as works in, in the rehab standpoint. So work with um, like pain. Um, so I was able to work in clinics at the same level as physical therapists. So they would be more manual therapy. If I stepped in, I would be doing more the exercise perspective. And so what I tried to do is I tried to understand how I could get similar effects through exercises as they did through manual therapy. Obviously people need manual therapy. Um, you know, I'm not saying that I'm replacing it, but what I'm saying is, you know, how do I um, match it? And so if, if somebody is, you know, how do I teach them to do it themselves, what they've learned passively through somebody else? Anyway, so I worked, first place I worked at was a neuro clinic where I worked with stroke MS Parkinson's wow. clients, which was, you know, that was part-time and that was pretty humbling. I mean, you really see the limitation of humans, like in terms of, you know, the worst case scenario that they can be in and have to rebuild their movement, literally teach them how to walk again. And that's how I got so you know, into gait and breathing because you had to manipulate the nervous system. That was half time. The other half of the time that I was working, I worked like three jobs at the same time. There was, there was that I worked for a gym that dealt with professional hockey players. So I was trained professional hockey player. So I would, in the morning, I would go work with somebody who had stroke or MS in the evening. I would work with somebody who wants to take their performance to the next level, or they were working in professional sports. So you have the worst possible condition and the best possible condition from a human performance standpoint. And so it was very, it was very interesting to try and change environments. And then, and then, yeah, so I, I left there. There's about a year where, you know, I left that job to take another job. That job didn't work out. And so for about nine months, I couldn't really find a job to be honest. And just not because I could find a job, but it wasn't anything that I was interested in. So instead I had some money saved up. I decided to invest nine months in education. I took 
every course you can think of. And I've read, I read so many books during that time because for me, I was, you know, when you graduate from school, you know, you're, you're, you're younger and you're just thinking to yourself, well, you know, because I, because I, now I'm working with like very high profile, um, uh, CEOs, like a consult over the world. Like, but back then it was like, I'm working with the CEOs and I'm like, why would they listen to me? You know, like, I mean, like I'm a young kid graduating from school. Like, why would they listen to, to somebody that young when these people get pitched things every single day from very intelligent people? And, you know, there was a quote that really stuck out to me where it was like, if you read whatever, um, like an hour a day for a year, you become um, knowledgeable in that trade. If you read an hour a day for five years, you become knowledgeable within your city an hour a day for 10 years become knowledgeable, you know, internationally, I guess you could say that's what I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was an hour a day. And so what I did is I spent two hours a day. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, well, if an hour a day is good, I'm going to do two hours a day, but it was always on different things. It was on the body and it was on something like psychology, something on business. And to this day, I still do it. Um, whether it's two hours a day, probably more like an hour and a half where I read an hour before bed, non-negotiably. And yeah. I'll listen to an audiobook if I'm driving to a client's house or anything like that. Um, usually the more intense books are the ones that I read and the, the psychology, the business books or anything else that I'm interested in. Like right now I'm learning about solar energy because I'm really interested in it. Um, and so I'm listening to audiobooks like Bill Gates and all the guys that he likes to listen to. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Anyway, so... I'm kind of digressing, but so that was kind of, so I, I then did, I went work for the university of Toronto, which I basically was their director of return performance. They kind of created that job for me, which was bridging the gap between rehab and performance. So I worked with a lot of athletes, um, applying a lot of the stuff that I learned, um, through those nine months of just intense education. And, and then, yeah, I left there and, I started my own business. You know, I, was, I, I worked for a couple other clinics, but I started my own business where I was just working with people in person. I was doing no virtual, no online, anything. Um, I was working full-time hours. I was working 40 hours a week, you know, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I would say yes to anybody who'd work with me. Right. And luckily I had some amazing core group of clients that would refer and and that was incredible. And I made some friends in the industry within the city, like massage therapists and, and stuff. So I would get that referral network. And then COVID hit and I wasn't seeing anybody. I was two hours a week and a couple of my clients were super generous to try the virtual stuff with me. I'd never done it before. I'd never assessed anybody online. And so what I did is, you know, for the first three or four weeks that COVID was there, I just decided to pivot. You know, I was talking to my fiance and I'm like, well, what do I do now? And I was talking to a lot of people in the industry, you know, Katie St. Clair, Greg Hawthorne, and a few other people in the industry who were just like, yeah, write some stuff down because, you know, we really like kind of what you're saying and your process. And so I wrote down a presentation about my, per my perspective on exercise selection and I presented it to a couple mentorships and, you know, I got really good feedback on it. And a few people on Instagram were, I started posting a little bit on Instagram. I didn't understand what I was doing. 
and I always hated it. I always hated posting Instagram, sure. but, you know, it was not comfortable, but I started posting and, you know, a few people were asking me if they could buy the exercise selection, if it was up for purpose or for a purchase. And I was just like, well, maybe we should put it for purchase and just see what happens. And so we built this little web page and people started buying it and people wanted more. And so, you know, again, fiance and other people in the industry pushed and said, maybe you should try like a mentorship. So I threw together my model in over four weeks, which retrospectively was not enough time. <laughs> it was like throwing every information I could in, in four hours, which was, was crazy. But you didn't have time, right? Like it was COVID, you know, like you, you back was up against the wall. Yeah. I took, yeah. I, what I did is I just, you know, I was, um, yeah, I just, I just took a step back and I said, okay, well, how do I do this? And I spent 14, 15 hours a day, just, you know, I had papers all over the apartment of like writing down my model, different spider diagrams, how I want to present it. My fiance, um, she's a teacher. And so she really helped me organize my thoughts and like, this is how you present an education resource or something like that. So to organize it. So my presentations weren't jumbled and all over the place. And that took a long time to, to organize my thoughts into a succinct um, sequential way. And so, yeah, so I did the first mentorship. It was okay. It was a great learning experience for me. And the second mentorship just blew up. We had 46 people sign up and Whoa, at the time, nice, yeah, dude. at the time I only had like, I mean, not that it matters, but I only had like 800 followers or something. Like, I mean, sure. Just to, well, you know, to give you Alex, perspective, I, like, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, man, but I think that's an important point where it's like so many people that, that, that I come across, they, they look at followers as currency. Uh, and actually, uh, ironically, I just saw a, I'm going to actually pull it up here. I saw on probably on Facebook or something and I, I sent it to a buddy of mine. Uh, it was, it was, hold on. I want to get this right because this is, I think this is semi earth shattering. Uh, an Instagram star with 2 million followers couldn't sell 36 t-shirts. Uh, they put something out there and they have 2 million followers. They couldn't sell 36 t-shirts. Uh, and I, I found it really interesting that this is, this is, this is diverting off of this topic, but they were like, they were kind of like pissed that the audience wasn't supporting them. I yeah. was like, whose fault is it really? Uh, but what to get back to what you were saying, like, you don't need so many people like see the 2 million or see the 2000, whatever. And they're like, I'm not, I'm not there. I need more followers to do that. Mm -hmm. I have a whole philosophy on that. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but yeah. uh, it's, you can do it. it it's, exactly. You don't need a lot. No. And, and like, that's what I realized at the time I was thinking to myself, well, I need to have this many audience. Like these people are doing well because this, they have this many people watching them. And it's like, yeah. not really. It's what I found is that, you know, if you have a strong, message and you have a message that people are willing to listen to regardless of what it is and, and to me the message that i would you know at the beginning was like you know you know in all honesty i was thinking to myself well how much do i give how much information do i give how much information do i keep yes. close to the chest um because i don't want to give all my trade secrets or all these different things and what i realized is i just said you know like forget it i'm just gonna post everything like i you know i'm I'm not going to hold anything back. Um, any podcast I'm on, I'm going to answer every question, you know, and, yep. but 
the, what I found was, you know, I thought to myself, I'm like, but there's no context behind what I'm saying. It's just like a random excerpt. And so it's hard, like people, and what people do now, because education is so accessible now, more than it ever has been, which is pretty incredible, but it's also has a double-edged sword to it is that you have these Instagram, um, you know, people who've done Instagram university or YouTube university where they're just learning from Instagram and university, trying to put all these different people's models together that they've, that they're following. And then they go out and do it. And it's like, well, I'm not getting the success. It's like, well, there's no context behind any of those posts. Just a bunch of random parts of information. It's like, I purposely spent, I think it's been 10 years like organizing my thoughts and not posting anything about it because I wanted to fully understand what I was talking about rather than educating people from all over the world who are dealing with their clients, false information or wrong information. Um, and in, in like, unfortunately that's what's happening is that people are watching one thing for five minutes or a five minute video. And they're like, okay, I'm an expert. I, I understand it. And they educate other people. And that's just false information. And for me, I wanted to really slow down and say, hey, I'm going to learn. I'm going to get my 10,000 plus hours. I'm going to try all these different theories and really slow it down. You know, people are seeing COVID as, you know, the way that I saw it was at the beginning was, hey, I don't have to fight for an audience right now. I don't, or I, I don't have to fight for attention. Everybody's attention are on their phone. I'm just going to start posting and I'm going to start posting information that, you know, I think that people would want to hear, or if I was in the industry, it's what I would want to hear. Right. And so a little bit of both. And I would ask people like literally, because at the time I was getting like 10 likes or something, I would take the time. Yeah. I would take the time and message every single one of those people and say, Hey, what did you like about my post that made you like it? And so I was constantly refining it. And then it was like, okay. Some people said, Hey, and if you look way back at my at the beginning of my Instagram, you'll see, you know, some of these, these posts that I made were super complex, like the writing. So people are like, make it simpler. I'm like, okay. And then I messaged them again. How about this? still need to be a little bit simpler. Okay, great. How about this? And I would message. There's like three people that I was constantly messaging. Like, what about now? That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. And then like, I, I, I gave those, those three people access to my principles webinar. I'm like, what do you think about this? They're like, yeah, that's good. Like that, that makes sense. Like I understand it. There's some complexity, but because some complexity is okay. But if you're making everything complex then you don't understand it. And that's what I'm finding. I mean, you know, be honest, like there's, you know, I just think that people need to be careful with the information that they're viewing on Instagram or YouTube, because, you know, some people are just, they're just taking a course and they're like, Hey, I'm an expert at it now, but just make sure that you just do your due diligence behind it. And so to go back to like, kind of like my arcs with the last year, like we started doing the next evolve and we, 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 every single evolve was different. I wanted to evolve it based on feedback. Every time we finished it, I sent feedback survey. Like, what'd you like? What didn't you like? And even at the beginning of evolve, it's like, what are you most interested in learning about? And so I got all this information and I would change it every single time so that I could, you know, curate information more effectively 
to those people. And it gave me great feedback for what I'm going to post, what content I should be creating. And, you know, and then Evolve became eight weeks and then it became eight weeks, but I, I, I added another lecture and then we just did the eight weeks. Now we just finished a, a, a month ago and we have a new one coming out in July. And it's like that one, I added a whole different lecture. And the lecture that I had before that didn't get the, the well, it got great feedback, but people wanted to understand more programming or they wanted an extra lecture for programming. I threw that eighth week that people liked, but they wanted to hear more programming. I threw that as a bonus and just say, hey, here's the one that we recorded before. Or I, or I actually, sorry, I recorded it a little bit so that I, I went through the comments that everybody wanted to hear more about. And I just focused on that. I pre-recorded it. And then I sent it to the, the people who were part of the last Evolve as a bonus lecture because it was about communication and how to communicate these, these complex terms with clients, which to me, I think is extremely important because I'm not going to talk about you know, all these different complex terms with clients because they don't care. Right. Unless they do, sometimes they do, but for the most part, they don't. It's like, but I was just talking about how assessment is our elevator pitch to clients. I mean, it, it sounds like you're, and this is, this is a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. Was you're running a data-driven business, uh, and you know, there's a reason why Salesforce and HubSpot and these CRM platforms are absolutely raking in the money is because data is what's driving business these days. I mean, like the, the data that Facebook's collecting, that Amazon's collecting, people wonder why, like, you know, I go to a certain website and all of a sudden it's showing up on my newsfeed. Like even me as like a low grade entrepreneur here, I can do that. I know exactly yeah. how to do that. And it's not hard at all. And I can only imagine like if I can do it, what the hell is Facebook doing? What the hell is Amazon doing to get this stuff on my newsfeed? So um, I, I actually love that, man. And that is something, here's, here's where my head was at. Like in the beginning of my business, I was just kind of afraid to get the response. You know, like I was afraid that people would be like, hey man, thanks for the course. It sucked and I hated yeah. it. And I was so nervous that that was gonna happen. And honestly, like even if that did happen, thankfully it didn't, uh, even, if it, even if it did happen, like that's what you need to hear. Uh, right. And I think that that is, I mean, that's, that's wildly, wildly helpful to every single business. I actually saw somebody on Shark Tank that was talking about literally that exact same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I want to take it back, Alex, to what I wrote down on my notes as yeah. the quote unquote, holy shit moment, uh, <laughs> which was when COVID started. And I, when, I, when, when it first hit, I remember doing a webinar and saying that, like we're going to see right now, like who the entrepreneurs are, like who, like who's got the chops to do this thing, because obviously like there's always room, there's always a stream of revenue that, that can be accessed. And I mean, it's literally, there's, there's just money out there for anybody who wants to take it. If they, if they decide to do the, you know, follow the necessary steps. Mm -hmm. um, so pivoting is, is, is a big deal. What I want to know, because this is, this is where I think the real value is. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what that felt like. I want to know, I want to know like the, like, was it, was it, was there a struggle? Was there like fear? Was there a panic? Um, and like, how did you eventually tackle that monster? And, and I also just kind of as a caveat to that, 
the the interesting thing about COVID was it kind of really forced all of our hands. There's a there's there's the classic line: if you want to take the island, burn the boats. Yeah, uh, where you just put your back up against the wall and you have no other option. And I thought COVID really did that. It was the option was don't be like be, be, go into another industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm curious, Alex, in this like seven part question, uh, what what was it? What did it feel like to go through that? And then did you feel that there was some benefit to just having the government essentially burn everybody's boats for you. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's interesting because in January, I was, we were talking, like I was talking to my clients about this, this virus that was happening in China. It hadn't come to Canada yet. And, you know, one of my clients who is an extremely successful he's basically like a shark from shark tank. He's an, he's an, he's a tech entrepreneur. Like he started like realtor.com. Like he started a, like, um, auto trader, like a bunch of things. Yeah. Right. So like get him on the podcast next. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like super, super smart dude. But now he just invests in technology companies. And he said to me, he's like, Alex, I love the service that you're doing, but you should know that this COVID, this virus, from what I'm hearing, it doesn't go anywhere. It's not going to, sorry, it's not going to go anywhere. Like we're going to shut down just like they did. What are you going to do when that happens? Because you rely so much on being in front of people. And I really thought about that. And then literally, crazily enough, that night, I was having dinner with a client who is a really good friend of mine now. And he was saying to me, and again, he's, I had the luxury of working with a lot of successful people and their entrepreneurs as well, which is very, very amazing because it, it really helps. It educates me like, and I, you know, I've been very proactive to listen to what they have to say and, 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 and listen to how they respond to questions. Like sometimes I'll just throw some open-ended questions to them and, and they'll, and I just want to listen to how they respond with their composure and their, you know, emotional intelligence, if you want to call it that. But um, so he said to me, he said, Alex, how do you leverage yourself? You know, like how, like, like you are a one man show again, you like, you, you, you do great work. You hold my back. You've done all these things, but you know, like what, like, what are you going to do when you have a kid or when, when you need to, you know, Toronto's expensive. Like, are you gonna be able to afford to live in the city based on working one-on-one? And, you know, again, like two people in a row were like, what, like, how are you leveraging yourself? And he was giving me the example of like the, like the Peloton was starting to become big then. This was like, again, last January before COVID hit. I think it really blew up because people were at home. They're forced to work out at home. And he's just like, you know, how do you get yourself in front of people? And how do you do that? And, you know, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't usually, I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, the aesthetic training, like getting people to lose weight and stuff like that. It was never, never what I enjoyed. I always enjoyed the more complex things like, the rehab or the people who wanted to train, but they wanted to train um, from a, you know, they still want to improve muscle and still want to lose weight, but more so movement based and improve movement anyway. So before COVID hit, I was kind of already thinking about a little bit of like what I was going to do, but I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do because again, I did not like posting things. I didn't feel comfortable. I was exactly like you said, you know, I was somebody who, was afraid of the feedback that what I was saying was wrong in some people's eyes, like some of the people that I respected. 
um, at the time <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, and, and I, I didn't feel comfortable that my message was, you know, going to be well received, that people were actually going to care. And so I didn't want to really post anything. And the aspect that there were some things that I was still trying to work out myself in terms of sure. an understanding perspective. But what I realized is that, you know, there's always people out there who, you know, are, are just starting. And so no matter what, like if you're, you know, if you're like five years in the industry, it's like at the time, like 10 years, and I was 10 years in the industry and I was worried about, you know, not having a message that was being well received or not. So, yeah. So I was just forced to have to, you know, start posting and stuff like that. And when COVID hit, it was like March 14th. I had my whole schedule planned out, all of it gone. And it was the first week mm -hmm in because I, I, I hadn't taken a vacation in you know two years before that sure, sure. because I left the clinic that I was working at to go work for myself because I didn't like their values and like what they were doing they were seeing people as money rather than me trying to perform a service that want to help people and for me it was like the more I focused on helping people the more money I made which was the crazy thing it's not oh, so crazy, but that's what I was saying to them. It's like, why are you, you know, like, why are you trying to boost sales and all this stuff? Like I'm fully packed. Like I have a full schedule. Like I don't need to be, you know, focusing on the sales aspect. Like I'm just gonna provide a good service and, and people will tell other people. And anyway, so I left there and literally decided to work for myself. So a year before COVID, I had already taken a huge leap of you know, working, like I had four clients that stuck with me um, in terms of like, I had four private clients not associated with the clinic for like, for a while before that, I'd been working with them for four years before I even started. And yeah. And then all of a sudden I, um, yeah, all of a sudden I like, so, so I made that leap and so I only had four people. I'm like, okay, I got to rebuild this. Um, and then COVID hit. And so it was just another leap. And so I kind of had experience on how to deal with the first leap, but the second leap was a little bit, was, was definitely a huge change because I'd always been working with people in person. So I had no idea how to do virtual no idea how to do online. And so I was just researching everything I could about Instagram to understand it. And it was, no, I was definitely like, I felt like I was in a hopeless time in my life because I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this clients. You know, they didn't want to work online. They preferred me in person, but I couldn't do that. And so, you know, I was lucky enough to have people in my corner who pushed me to do this. Um, but yeah, no, hundred percent stressful, hundred percent hopeless, but I just took that and, you know, it was my opportunity to find out how I could, leverage myself without having to, you know, spend 40 hours not in the house. And I don't mean like I want to be 40 hours in the house. Like I don't want that. I always want to have some type of in-person people so that I can continue to improve my craft because it's never like, I'm never going to be satisfied, which is no different than training. It's like, you're never going to be satisfied. Um, but it's part of the, you know, you know, like, but like for me, it was like, Hey, this is another step in my journey. Like I'm going to focus on the process rather than the outcome. Like I'm not going to focus on, Hey, how do I get 
hundred thousand dollars? How do I get like all these other things? It's just like, okay, well, what am I going to do right now? That's going to benefit me. And I had no expectations either. I didn't know that anything was going to happen or anything would work again, if anybody would care. And so it was more just like, Hey, I'm just going to present what I know and see what happens. So, but the pivot, you know, I was just seeing all these people who were watching Netflix all the time. <laughs> like They're like, Hey, what do I do with my life? I'm just like, like, I don't want to do that. Like I didn't watch Netflix for the first month. I didn't watch any of the shows. Cause I'm just like, I need to focus on this and build this. And I put my head down and I was pulling out all my textbooks, put on all my books, all the courses I've ever taken. And I'm just like, well, putting all these pieces together and resources and trying to figure out how I could present it. So, you know, the person listening understood a story rather than a bunch of jumbled bits. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the here's, here's, first of all, um, I don't know how long we're like 30 minutes into this or something, but I got to tell you, man, I'm like super impressed with like, I, I expected you to be good. Obviously I've had you on the podcast. I did not expect you to be this good. Like you, you've really, you're really impressing me with your, with your, uh, with your just entrepreneurial. I don't even know the word I want to say. It's just like, almost just like North star. Like it's just kind of like the, the, the path that you yeah. choose, there's any number of paths that you can choose um, is, 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 is really impressive to me. I, I mean, truly congratulate you on, on what you've built. Um, Thanks, because I had a lot of help. I had a lot course, of help, a lot of like support people pushing me. And I think I, you know, at some aspects, you know, you kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, the only reason why I'm having this analogy is because I just walked my dog and it's like, you know, you walk a couple steps, he just plants on the ground because he doesn't want to move anymore. And like, that's kind of how I was. I went a little steps, didn't know what to do, planned, my, planned myself, trying to figure it out. I got a little bit of a push forward, walked a couple other steps and then constantly doing that and constant. But like the biggest thing that I had to do was to put any type of ego aside and listen to people's feedback and say, Hey, I don't want you to tell me that it was like great. Or you like, you loved it. Like, that's amazing. I, I, don't me wrong. I do want to hear that, but I want to hear specifically what you didn't like so I can make it better. And for me, I yes. read this book. It's called, uh, not that I cared about the, the title so much, but it was, it's called 12 months to a million. And the guy who wrote it is the guy who, um, he started some like nutrition or actually, you know what he started, he started in nutrition, but then he was like, he worked for on it and he went out on his own and he, um, he started this yoga equipment company. He doesn't really do yoga, but you know, he, he basically described his process on what he did to get from 12 months to a million. Again, like the number million didn't matter to me. I just wanted to understand the process and like, right. cause he was he was doing like it, it released December, 2020. And so it was current. He was doing it with current methods of social media and stuff like that. And what he said was, he's like, I don't understand why people are trying to guess what their followers want. Why not just ask? And I'm like, yeah. God, that is so dumb, but so smart at the same time. Like so dumb. I didn't think of it, but extremely intelligent that he said it. And so I started doing that. I'm just like, Hey, 
like what, or, or, or I had been doing, I had been doing that, but I did it with other things as well that I wasn't doing it with. Like I would say, hey, like we're, we're updating Evolve, you know, which, which graphic do you like better? Um, which name do you like better? Like, how do you want, like, how, you know, like all these different things. And I was like, wow, it's so brilliant, but it's like something I should have thought of, but I didn't, right? Sure. So uh, on that, Alex, I think that like, I, I, I do like a fair bit of like Instagram, like reconnaissance and I like, I go through like hashtags and I just want to see what the people are doing, mm -hmm. uh, especially like business owners. And what that really reminded me of is what I think to be one of like the fatal flaws of entrepreneurs in, in this world. Uh, I believe if I see, if I see on your Instagram profile, something like now accepting new clients, uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, I dude, I'm not joking. This literally, I saw this yesterday. Mm -hmm. I was going through the hashtag strength and conditioning, oh, hashtag yeah. strength and conditioning. Right. <laughs> and I'm going through it. And like my, what I try to do is I just try to pick out what my real, what I really try to do is I try to get in there. And I'm like, okay, look, try to help people through this. Like, don't like, they're not numbers. Like try to help people, find people you can help and provide real value. Not like, I'm mm -hmm. not somebody who's like liking a million people uh, no. or, yeah. you know, mass following or anything like that. Let's, let's go through it periodically. Let's like quantity over quality. So I see this guy and I think it was like a, like a transformation picture, personal trainer, transformation shot, absolute classic shot, right? You yeah. got the, you got the one, you got the not so good before picture on the left. You got the absolute shred piece McNugget on the right with the six pack ads <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, what I'll typically do in something like that, if I think that there's somebody I can help or just provide encouragement, I'll drop a comment, right? Drop the comment on there. And, uh, and I see somebody else in there, somebody who had like the uh, yeah. emoji, you know, yeah. and it yeah. said, dude, you have to train me. Right. And right underneath it was the creator's response. And the response was like, yeah, DM me. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, way to drop the ball. Yeah. Right. Because like, I'm like, <laughs> like people go to such extreme lengths to mm -hmm. not have to be the one to have like the interaction or to like break the seal on the communication that they just leave so much money on the table. I can't tell you how much money I've made. And again, like, it's not really about the money, but people want clients, people want more revenue. People want to get to these numbers. And it's like, do you know how much money I've made from just asking somebody like, Hey, how, how can I help you, man? And like, yeah. you just work them through some stuff and they're like, Holy shit. Like this person can, can be so wildly helpful to me. And then like from, like when we've, if we really circle back to the beginning of the conversation, when you're like, I only had 800 followers and, and you know, now whatever, however many people like grow to and whatever, like what I think that people are looking for is what I call a lay down sale, right? Here's my product, buy my product. I yeah. don't have to sell you. I don't have to communicate with you. Here's my product, buy my product. That's it, right? The, yeah. the Instagram influencer with 2 million couldn't sell 36 t-shirts because they don't have any sales skills. Mm -hmm. People, like it's not hard to sell a product. You make a product, make it good, mm -hmm. find the customer, talk to the customer, sell the customer. But it's so uncomfortable and like emotionally challenging to like break the seal and like just walk up to, it's like walking up to somebody at the bar, like how pretty girl yeah. want to say hi to her, but I'm so scared. It's not hard to get her to have a conversation with her, but I'm so scared to do it. Yeah. Uh, and like, I'm like, like uh, what are you doing? And like the fact yeah. that you're, it's no secret, man. It's mm -hmm. no secret to me that your business is doing well because you're doing the simple things. You're doing the stuff that you should be doing and everybody knows you should be doing. Well, you know, it's funny because it's funny that you said that. Like I, 
I was somebody who was like, God, how do I, how do I, you know, get my stuff out there? And obviously, you know, like, you know, it's not, it's not for the money, but like, you know, we need money to live. Um, and you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a one metric, one metric in my opinion of how successful something is. Um, for me, I always thought to myself like, okay, well, there's a product, but it's like, I want, you know, information that is helpful. Like every time someone takes something from me, I want them to learn at least, you know, not just one thing, not three things, like, like five, 10 things. But I also want them to, to be like, holy crap, I can't believe it's that price. Like all the information I'm getting, you should be charging way more. It's like, no, I, I, I want to make it accessible to people so that I can help as many people as possible. But I hated selling so much that I'm like, I hate to talk about price. I hate to talk about all those other things. And so what I did honestly was before when the first couple iterations of Evolve, I was like constantly mentioning Evolve. Like I was constantly like, hey, register now, do all this stuff. And I was doing like these, like these, I've learned all these like sales things, like, you know, run-ups and, and all these other like sales terms. I don't even know if it's called run-up anymore or runway, <laughs> runway sale or whatever it is, sure. whatever it is. And, uh, I was just like, you know, forget this. Like, what do these successful companies do? You know, Starbucks, Amazon, FedEx. Like, when like you can picture their logo because everything they do, it's on whatever they do. Like, like any product, always there in the corner. So I'm like, you know, instead of me always mentioning Evolve, why don't I just put it in people's faces all the time, but it's not in your face. So every single post I do, you'll see, says evolve mentorship right at the bottom and so anytime somebody shares it's like oh what's evolve mentorship okay it's like it's not me saying hey you know what i mean like, like it's not me saying yeah. hey look at evolve go to my website look at evolve it's like no it's like everything i do and you know what you know what happens is i post these like um they, they kind of look like twitter quotes I've seen them. yeah and so what people do, and it's, it's not false because it is true, but what people do is they associate that with Evolve. They're like, oh, he's going to talk about that in Evolve. This is directly from Evolve. It's like a quote from Evolve Mentorship. So I'm going to take Evolve Mentorship because he's going to talk about that. And 1 million percent I do. I take quotes that I have either said in Evolve, I talk about in Evolve, or I'm going to put in Evolve. And I always put it in there. And so, and so it's kind of like, I, I just want to be in people's, I just want to be in front of, like, I just want that name in front of people so that when they look at anything I do, they associate that with Evolve Mentorship. And so now it's kind of just ingrained in their mind, Evolve Mentorship, anything that Alex does. Because purposely, I did not name my company Alex Effer, whatever. Yeah. In my company, Resilient Training and Rehabilitation, partly because I asked my clients, you know, what's one word you would describe, you know, working with me? And they said resilient. The other thing, too, is if I ever wanted to work with anybody or have people work with me or for me, I didn't want it to be like, like, you know, my name overshadowing them. Like they're able to build their own name with underneath a brand mm -hmm. that you know, they can be resilient, trained, they can be evolved, trained, like whatever it was. Um, and so, yeah, so for me, it was like, how do I sell without feeling like I'm being slimy about it, without feeling guilty about it? And selling is 
like selling is just the byproduct of the value that I'm providing. Right. Exactly. And so, and so that's, that's the way I went about it. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to post what I'm doing, post information. And if, you know, I do mention evolved mentorship, I say, look, we talk about this in evolved mentorship. If you're interested, sign up. Sure. I'm going to throw that. I don't do it in every single one. And some people do like, all I see is on their, you know, on their Instagram is them selling like their product. It's like, you know, like I kind of know what you're going to do. I don't have to look at, you know, your story. I don't have to look at your posts. Like what I'm seeing is, or for me, it's like, I want it to be different. Every time I post something, I want you to think there's something different or I want it to be helpful to that person. It's based on a conversation. Like sometimes I do a post based on a conversation of somebody that I've met or somebody that's reached out to me, and asked me a question. I'm like, great. You've got this question. A lot of other people do. So I'm going to post about it. And so I don't have this algorithm of how to post and why to post. I have a couple ideas of, you know, what you can post, like something that is, you know, you, you either post things that support other things, you post things that go against it. What I mean by that is like this whole like rave about valgus knees is like, is valgus knees bad? Like, well, that's going like me talking about that is going against something. Whereas me taught me showing you like, uh, like me supporting, I guess, like I support foam rolling be, and, and I do have a reason why, but that's against going against, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's going against a lot of things, but more so like things that are like, or how to's like, here's an exercise. This is how you do it. This is why it's good. Um, and so I'll, I'll have different things in my head of why I want to post something, but if you ask me, hey, Alex, what are you posting next Monday? I have no idea. Hey, Alex, what are you yeah, posting yeah. Friday? No idea. <laughs> That's, I mean, so here, man, social, I would say that of all the entrepreneurial questions I get, I would say so much of it revolves around social media these days. And obviously, like the ability to connect with people these days on social <laughs> is amazing. Uh, and you know, the fact that even you and I are connected is a direct correlation to, to social media, which is phenomenal. Yeah. But like when you talk about, when you talk about, you, you see people like just kind of like spamming feeds. First of all, first of all, side note, uh, do you have a LinkedIn? Yeah. LinkedIn is the world's spammiest platform. Oh I, every single person who sends me a, a request is like, Hey, Sean, uh, some I really love what line. you do. Yeah. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Name one thing that I'm doing right here. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just like, it's just so, it's so spammy. And even yeah. like Facebook groups now, like I'll go into some Facebook groups and it's just absolute spam central. And mm -hmm. what, what I don't think, what I don't think that people, this is, this is like, this is like the most advanced concept and yet the most simple concept where it's like, think about, long-term versus short-term. I believe, and I've heard this, so I don't know that it's a belief more so than I, I really know this, mm -hmm. is that people who are successful think long-term. Let me see how this is going to shake out over the, over the long-term. Do I, if, if somebody said to me, somebody said today, I was watching a video. They were like, if, if I was going to, uh, if I were going to join a, you know, a, a mentorship for $5,000, mm -hmm. uh, would you do it? And you'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. Let's, let's see about the mentorship. If I were going to give you a Ferrari for $5,000, would you find a way to come up with $5,000? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Of course you would, right? Like yeah. you'd find, or you'd take a loan at the bank, beg your parents, take a can out to the streets of Manhattan uh, and try to get $5,000 you do because you understand the value. Mm-hmm. And the, like a, a, a a successful person is always going to see that long-term play, but the people who struggle, the people, the entrepreneurs, and uh, you know, I hope that you've never resonated with this, but I know that I have the first of the month worries and struggles of just like, how the hell am I going to pay these bills? Like, I don't like like that challenge, like the people who stay there for years, these are people who are only thinking like a month at a time, a month at a time, a month at a time versus like, let me figure out how to, how to build this over the long haul. And when you see people just spamming the DMS, these are people that can only think in the next couple of weeks, like I need to make X number of dollars to meet my 30 day goal or something like that versus like, I'm going to need clients five years from now as well. And, and they're also disrespecting like the empathy, you know, the empathetic part of it. Like Mm. if I see you, if I come across you on Instagram for the first time or LinkedIn, these people who message me on LinkedIn, they're like, Hey, buy my product. Yeah. No, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely not. I'm going to buy your product. But like, if you like cultivated it and like, you understand like what it's like for the other person on the other side of it, like what's the journey that that person is going to, I was, I was doing a coaching call with one of my clients, one of my business coaching clients uh, yesterday. And I said to them, I was like, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to create like a lead nurturing strategy. Mm-hmm. And what is the, what is the journey? What needs to happen in order for someone to be like, Hey, I'm curious. I'm, I'm listening to like, I'm a buyer. And there's all of these things that they're like, well, I'd like this to happen. I'd like this to happen. They train youth athletes. So they're like, it'd be awesome if the parents were involved. And I'm like, awesome. Now that you have this criteria, create your journey, create your process around that, as opposed to being like, Hey, what's up? Buy my product. Yeah. Yeah. But when you do that, people, it's like sales and you, you're looking for a, like the most specific person, somebody who's like in massive pain right now and also has a ton of extra cash. And it yeah. just doesn't work that way. It's, it's no. too short term. It's too, uh, you know, it's too short sighted. And yeah, and I know it's know, hard to think long term, but you need it. It is. And, you know, like I have two, two points that came to mind, um, <clears throat> you know, you know, I, had, I was on a podcast and someone said, you know, what's one thing that people don't know about you? And uh, for me, it's like, I love you know, two things. I love um, researching and reading about green energy stuff. Like, you know, like for me, like my goal is always to build my own house, but to be a fully sustainable house, like solar panels, gray water, all this other stuff, charge my own car, all that stuff. But the other thing is, is investing in stocks. Like I love like reading about it, understanding it. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up <clears throat> is because you said something about investing. And I just, and I read this article actually this morning on the Wall Street Journal. And they were talking about how, um, actually wasn't on the Wall Street Journal. It was in the Globe, but it was against the Wall Street Journal. And it was the, the author talking about the difference between speculative um buying and growth buying and what 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 was happening is wall street was talking about how or they 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 were using investing at a loose term so all this big craze right now is bitcoin and everybody investing in bitcoin but it's like that thing goes up and down based on a meme or based on a tweet like that is not wealth creation that is not investing that is speculative buying yes investing is buying in something that you know is going to grow year after year. And that's a relationship. That is a dividend. That is a stock that is income things that are going to grow, grow into that. And so what you do is you focus on 
though like assets like that that are going to grow year after year and put your energy into that rather than the speculative stuff or the new fad stuff that comes in and out of the industry or in and out of the world right that is here for the short term and it's getting the craze right now but it's like and it's, it's always like even my even my model of how i think it's like what are things that no matter what has happened in the industry it's like it is the thing that's put its stake in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the industry is, is, is like a twister. It's like, what is the thing that's holding down in the twister? It's like, those are my two philosophies on movement. It's like, everything I talk about movement is like, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. If you're a bodybuilder, you're a power lifter, if you're a strength conditioning, if you're a physio, a chiro, whatever it is, like these things are gonna be important for everybody. And these are fundamental yeah. to everything um, from a movement perspective. And so- you're you're hundred percent right. It's like you need to under you need to think short term in a long term way. And what I mean by that is the things that you do right now they should have a benefit. Maybe they don't benefit you today, like the like the fourteen hours that are the fifteen hours a day that I was putting in for three weeks or four weeks. I wasn't making any money when I was doing that, but I was hoping that I was able to develop some type of system or some type of process that would pay dividends later. And that's how you have to think. You got to think in terms of long-term assets, long-term growth relationships. Are they going to help you? Are they going to be good long-term investments or is the person toxic? You know, is, is this fad, you know, it's like the, the, you know, what are all these other like gadgets that are coming into the industry now, you know, like, are they going to be good? Are they going to stay or are they just good right now because of COVID? Right? Yeah. And people can't go get a massage or people can't go in the gym and train. Yeah. It's like, I work with some clients online. They've got like every gadget in the world. And I'm like, do you use it? It's like, not really. It's like, <laughs> hey, well, what are the things that we're going to use? Yoga block, foam roller, dumbbells. Matt, good. That's it. Doesn't matter who you are, what your goal is. If it's pain, getting out of pain. If it's training, get it. Like, we're still going to use those things because those are things that are have stayed for a very long time, and they will stay. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think that the, you know, the the phrase that kept coming to mind. I'm going to butcher it because I know this isn't the exact phrase. It's from Gary Vaynerchuk. He says something like micro hustle with macro vision. Yeah, it's like every day you're on it. Uh, but you're thinking long-term. Exactly. Alex, have you ever read the book Principles by Ray Dalio? Oh yeah, of course. I love it. Okay. So, all right. So this will be fun. So one of the things, and this really ties into what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. is one of the things that I was really struck by when I went to your website was, A, you, you like when I look at it, I was like, I think I know what he's doing here. And it's so simple. It's so smooth. It's seamless. And it's, like even like the product lineup, I saw three things. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And to me, the sign of an unhealthy business, like if I'm just looking from the surface, is a shitload of offerings. Uh, and what that tells me is, is that th- you get deterred when there is resistance. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you're selling, as long mm-hmm. as it's effective and it solves problems, it has the capacity to bring you as much money as you'd ever like it to bring. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is like, 
as especially as strength coaches, right? Like you get into you become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm picturing, you know, the loops from from that from that book. Yeah. So uh, as an entrepreneur, like you step into the business world, you're like, I'm a strength coach. I know about mediastinums and, you know, left traps and stuff. Right. It's like, I don't know about how to sell out. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, and like plain and simple, like you're not good at. It. And yeah. and when you start to sell and it's hard, well, what the hell did you expect? Right. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. people start, they'll, they'll say like, I'm going to try to get one-on-one clients and then they'll post about it on Instagram and like they'll, their client follows them from the orange theory they used to work at. And they're like, okay, it's, we're moving. I'm going to sign a lease for this place. Momentum. We're moving, we're moving. And then all of a sudden like day one comes and it's like, shit, like, yeah, nobody's, nobody's really coming here. Like people yeah. aren't interacting with my social posts. Like mm-hmm. your momentum has stopped, but here's the interesting thing. What the hell did you expect to happen? Did you expect to be Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, like right out of the gate? Of course not. It makes no sense, right? You're just yeah. at the part where you have to you have to figure it out. You have to you have to dive in. Like, why is this not working? What can I tweak? What can I change? Mm-hmm. And over time, like you'll just keep tweaking and changing. You'll go through that like loop process. If you're if you're watching on or wherever you're listening, go Google like loops, Ray Dalio principles, and you'll see what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Where it's just mm-hmm. like. It, the momentum stops and then you have to go down a little bit. You figure it out. You get into that point where you're like, how the hell am I going to do this? And eventually you break through and you, you reach your goal because in yeah. order to get, in order to get to a place you've never been, you have to do things that you've never done. Like that's just, that's, it's really just the nature of, of the beast. And what I, I find, that. what I find most people do is because it's the path of least resistance is they become what one of two things, they fall into one of two buckets. A, they become what I call a chronic loop starter. Where they're like, shit, that didn't work. Let me roll. Let me try one-on-one didn't work. Let me try small group training. Let me try virtual training. And what happens is the same thing over and over and over again, because you're just not good at it. And of course, it's unreasonable for anybody to expect you to be good at it. So you get there and it's like the momentum stops. New loop, new loop, new loop. Or, which I think might be worse, is you become a chronic goal target lowerer, where it's just like, you know what? 100K this year, that would have been nice. But 60 is nice. Like 60 is a good living. You know, most people make, you know, the average salary in, in the United States is $40,000. I'm, I'm in the 1%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just lower your target. And, and ultimately, every time that you push it off and, and move to something else, you, you bypass the part where you become better. And when I see somebody's business who has three offerings, I'm like, this is a guy. And dude, oh my gosh, like in the first however long we've been doing this, it's so obvious why you're doing well. It's so obvious why you only have three products because you're like, I'm a data-driven business. I want to find out what works. And I'm just going to go, I'm going to go through the fire. I'm willing to figure it out. I'm willing to try. And you get up to the next spot. And guess what happens? You get to the next spot. And it's like, I don't know how to get to this level of my business. And you do the loop over and over and over again. And I'm like, like that to me is that to me is the challenge of entrepreneurship. It's just like, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to face the music? Do you understand it? Are you willing to like identify the fact that I'm not supposed to be good at sales and then just get better at it? Like you would do anything else on the planet, right? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's funny because two things, like if you go on my website, you'll see three products. And for me, it's, you know, like I said, like I, I've read so many books at this point and at any one time, I'm probably reading three or four books at the same time. And I, I really dove in deep into psychology and neurology at one point, And I still do. I still continue to read it. And one of my favorite books of all time is called On Intelligence by Jeff Hawkins, who is the, yeah, incredible my book. My favorite. Yeah, my favorite book. 
And he talks about like the rule of three and how the brain can only process three, three decisions. You can only make three decisions at one time. And so why would I give people five, six decisions? You give them three decisions of what they can choose. But here's the thing about the brain is that it has, it needs three major decisions, but it can have three subsections as well. So I present three, three different decisions evolve the webinars that I have and then one-on-one -on -one or programming, whatever it is. Okay. They got evolve. Great. They've got three options of, of payment plans. You go to the webinars. We've got right now we've got two, we're building a third one, but we've got two subsections and then you go to programming. We're going to have three different sections. And so it's like at any one time, it's like, and what people do is they never go for the lowest or the highest. So true. They always go for the one, the middle one, right? Always. Cause like, ah, it's too high. But if, if it's low, then I must be not getting something. So I'm going to go in the middle, you know, like I must not be getting something that's as good as the highest one. So I, I'm going to go right in the middle. So I get kind of a little bit of both. Um, and, you know, funny enough, there's this book called uh, story brand marketing, which you probably heard about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the, the whole process about taking somebody through a story and, you know, really, and, and I know you talk about like the hero journey and stuff like that. And, and for me, it's, it's like at any time when I'm doing anything, I never, I never think of me as the hero. I always think of the other person or the end user as the hero. I'm taking them through a journey. And so when you go on my website and my like are and like, you know, my fiance, you know, she's incredible with this stuff. Like she builds like all the nice things that you see, like, that's her. It's not me, right? Like she's, you know, she's doing stuff in like the back end to to help me because I'm IT, like I'm not I'm not IT driven at all. Um, but you know, it's always like asking ourselves, like if you look at this, is this too messy? Is this too confusing? Can somebody understand it? Do they understand what we're doing in the first three seconds? Um, secondly, you know, I always find it funny. People are like, yeah, you know, like you know, I offering one-on-one -on -one training and, and, and stuff like that. And, and eventually I will probably post it if it's something that's, I don't know, different, I guess, but I get so many people asking me about doing one-on-one -on -one sessions and I have never once to promote it. Like every single person who reaches out to me is like, Hey, I don't know if you do this, but do you do like one-on-one -on -one sessions with anybody? Cause I've never promoted it, but I do my best to provide as great value as possible. And I know at some point, one of that, like something that I've said or some information that I provide is going to resonate with somebody say, oh, you, you talked about the knee. Okay. Like I've got that same problem that you just discussed. Like, can you, can, can you take a look at me? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's set up a consult. Let's have an assessment. Right. It's like, like, I don't like people who are as you said, doing the same thing every single time is not working. Like that's the definition of insanity, right? It's right. That's what they say. Like the, the common thing is, you know, if, if, if you're doing the same thing, expecting different results, that's insane. Right. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're changing the variable a little bit, but the overall message is the exact same. You know, you're yeah. not providing something that's valuable to people. And that's what I'm always thinking. Who can this be valuable for? based on conversations that I have and, you know, um, 
Sasha, my fiance, she went on my Instagram one time, like she connected with her phone and she's like, holy crap, I'm so overwhelmed by all the messages that you're getting at any one time or all of the, like the notifications. I can't deal with it. And like, I'm doing that plus working with people one-on-one plus building Evolve plus educating myself. And because I've, the only way to do it is to organize your time. And so it's like, I don't feel overwhelmed by it because I found a system that works for me and I can always get better. Um, always get better at scheduling, always get more efficient, but I found something that doesn't make me overwhelmed. Um, and I take the necessary breaks when I need to, but yeah, like what I would say to people is, you know, provide information that your target audience, which I had no idea what my target audience was at the beginning when I was posting. And that's why my message was so unclear. What I realized is that my Instagram, I wanted to tailor myself to educating trainers and therapists on evolving their model, which is why we called it evolve or um, providing them a different perspective that may help solidify some confusions that they may be having. And a lot of the question and sum up all the questions that I would be getting on a daily basis, whether that was in person, whether that was in the clinics I was working at. So it's like, how do I solve the problem that they are constantly asking me? Right. And, and so it's, yeah, I mean, what I would say is provide value that you're and ask your target audience, like, what is it they want? Like, what do they want to hear about? What are they struggling with? You know, and then you provide them with some way that you can help them. But if you're coming at it by just trying to sell them right away. And that was my big dilemma at the beginning. Like I, I had nothing. I had nothing posted and I made that mistake. I tried to put something out too early. I tried to sell something and I was we'll like, oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't have done that because why would somebody buy from me? They don't know me. They don't know what I have, have to say. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a, tr somebody buys something from you. It's like a relationship to trust thing. They are trusting you with their hard earned money to help them overcome struggles that they may are that they may be having or they dealt with in the past and so when i build a product when i make a post i'm i'm doing it with that understanding that i've gotten this question so many times or like it sounds terrible to say or i i go on instagram and you know somebody's posted something that is factually incorrect and so i find it as an educator at this point to not to bash them and say, hey, you're wrong, like you're doing this. No, that's not what my intention is. My intention is, you know, they may be seeing it from one perspective. I'm going to say it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe they may be like, oh shit, maybe I should have said it that way, or that makes more sense to me. Right. And 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 that's kind of a double-edged sword with education and accessibility is it starts to become hard to differentiate what is correct and what people are doing or what like people posting in a disingenuous way to sound smart, to get you in the door, but then not, yeah, but you know what I mean? But like, but not actually, yeah, not actually have something that is, you know, beneficial, I guess. Sure. Yeah. You know, 
I, I got I mean, my head, my head's really all over the place with, with so many different things. Uh, I try, try to reel myself in. Uh, but my, my understanding of business is that there's really nine steps to becoming successful at any one thing. I won't go over them here. Anybody wants to go check it out. I have a picture on 4acoaching.com uh, if you want, if you're curious about it. Um, but there's two parts of the business experience, sales experience, just being an entrepreneur that are the sticking points from my experience from myself and everybody else. And the first one we kind of, we talked a good bit about, which is lead generation, right? And I think the reason that people are, the, the reason that people are hesitant to do that is because it's like, I have to talk to people and I have to put myself out there and I might get rejected. And, you know, I, I, I always tell the story of how I took the, took the subway in Manhattan down to Battery Park, which is the Southern tip of Manhattan. And I just started walking up and down, combing the streets and going into every fitness related facility that I could find. And uh, it was exactly as uncomfortable as everybody is imagining right now. Yeah. Um, many, many, many uncomfortable looks and like, who the hell are you, sir? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, there was a lot of success there as well. And I, so Lee Jan, I think is just the one that, you know, people have no problem building the offer, no mm -hmm. problem building the, you know, the product, but when it comes to actually getting it in people's hands, uh, you know, getting out into the streets and doing things, what's necessary is, is a struggle. But the other side where, where I find people are arguably more challenging than lead gen uh, is what I call your personal systems. And I'm really curious as to how you've done it. Cause I know you, I can see it all over you that you've done it. Um, and what personal systems to me is like, as the entrepreneur, like every day we have to bring it right. Like right now, 420, yeah. both of our time zones, like I am pretty sure that this isn't going to be the end of your day here. Right. Like we'll go out and do other things. And at very least you're just answering emails and checking stuff. Yeah. And like every single day you got to bring it, you got to bring the heat, you got to have the energy, you got to have the fire. Uh, you have to overcome fear. You have to overcome self-doubt. You have to overcome just general resistance and concern and, uh, you know, that just built in governor that's trying to get us to not do these things. And my, my coaching point to people is like, look, remember a time in your life where you felt unstoppable, where, where you felt like you could do anything. And in that moment, you're far more likely to make good quality business decisions that will push you forward than if you just finished, you know, a bag of sour cream and onion potato chips, and you've been watching late night infomercials, you're probably not feeling confident to do the things that will grow your business. Mm -hmm. So having like your workouts, uh, your nutrition, uh, making sure that you're hydrated and well-kept and, you know, doing the things that you need to do to be able to consistently bring the energy productivity every single day is bar none, like quite possibly the most important part of entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. I find that most people don't, they don't really want to buy that. They don't really want to look at themselves in that, in that manner. And it's one of the first things like they're like, but I need to sell. I don't need to worry about the vegetables I'm eating. And I'm like, you're not getting it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. for you, like what has been your process to bring it every day and to like have the consistency to, to just do this every damn day. Yeah. Well, first of all, I enjoy what I do, I guess. You know, and like, and like, that's a big thing, you know, keeps me motivated. Um, I'm always curious in terms of like, I always want to learn, always want to educate. Um, you know, I get to talk to people from all over the world. Like, you know, you, I'm in Canada, you're in the US and it's, 
That's, that's, that's incredible. So I get to talk to people all over the world and that's a big thing. From a personal perspective, um, one of the biggest things that I do, and I've learned this from a client of mine who, um, it sounds extremely rigid, but it's not. I schedule every single thing that I do in my, in my email scheduler. And that is going for a walk, that is um, working out, that is eating, that is whatever it is, I will schedule it. Because that way it, like if something comes up, it's like, nope, sorry. This is my time where I'm training. This is my time where I'm gonna eat lunch or I'm gonna eat dinner or I'm gonna watch a movie with my fiance or I'm gonna go for a walk, my fiance and my dog or I'm gonna spend time with my family. It's like, you know, like it's a non, it becomes more blocked and non-negotiable. And the other thing too, for me, is that it helps me compartmentalize it. So I don't have to think, oh my God, like. I totally like, I need to think about the person I'm going to see at one o'clock tomorrow. It's like, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend 10 minutes every day, put everything in, put the notes inside. Like they have a description box inside every single thing that you do. Just put the notes in that I may need to think about later. And so that just gets released from my mind so I can then focus on something else. So I'm not worried about that. And so it helps compartmentalize things for me a little bit and free up my mind so that I'm able to, you know, be creative, learn, not be as stressed, not be as anxious, not feel so overwhelmed. Um, and it's not something like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it tomorrow. It's like, that's not the case. It's just the case of if there's something that needs to be dealt with now, then I will, I will put, I will literally take one thing out of my schedule and put something else in. Um, if it's an emergency related thing and I need to deal with it. But for me, it's like, it's, it's scheduled with some flexibility. Of course, if something doesn't happen, like for example, if I don't go for a walk at this hour, it's like not a big deal. It's like, okay, I'll just shift it down to another time. Or if I'm not, if I only get 45 minutes of reading today, great then that 15 minutes that I wanted to do gets tacked on tomorrow. So I'll make sure I find 15 minutes tomorrow. And, you know, and so for me, like my personal system is that is I schedule everything. And each week mentally, um, but, you know, I talk to my fiance all the time and she's great springboard and she, she helps me a lot categorize things in my head too. Like I, I do like a, almost like a self-reflection thing every week where I'm just like, well, what worked, what didn't work? Um, and you know, what am I wasting my time on? Like what, like one thing I wanted to do this year that I didn't do before was protect my time a lot more. And I wasn't doing that. And, you know, working one-on-one is just because I'm not working one-on-one in person as much. If I do that online, it's the exact same problem that I had before. I'm not leveraging myself at all. Like I'm not able to be in front of 50 people at the same time in one hour. It's like, you know, um, a friend of mine, David, he said in a podcast, he's like, like, I don't want to work for 150 bucks an hour. I want to work for $2,000 an hour. It's like, but you can't like, the only way you do that is if you charge $2,000 an hour, or you have 20 people that you charge a hundred bucks on the same call. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, it's like, well, how do I find ways where, I can be more creative and think of more long-term because me working 40 hours a week, that's not long-term. That was me stuck in a short-term mindset. 
But at, at that time, I needed to do that because I needed to create some kind of name for myself as a go-to person. And the only way to do that is, and, and that's why I think I sold too early is because I don't, the people didn't know who I was. I didn't have any credibility. Um, and, and the only people who bought were the people who knew me. And there's like, what, like 15 people that time who knew me. And so, or who thought it would be more valuable to buy. And so for me, it was like, I need to constantly readjust, re, like reflect, constantly create. And, you know, like if there's something that I did wrong or something that wasn't um, done correctly, or I didn't get good feedback on it, like I'm going to make sure that I focus on that. I mean, I read this book by, um, it's not by Jeff Bezos, but it's about Jeff Bezos. It's an Amazon book. And it's basically a summation of all of their newsletters, not newsletters, but I forget what they're called, like their annual meetings or shareholder meetings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Shareholder meetings. And what Jeff Bezos says, he's like, somebody asked him, so, you know, like, why do you think that like something like Amazon Prime is so successful? Or why do you think Amazon is so successful? He's just like, we make an effort to be obsessed with customer experience and that really stuck with me i'm just like well what does customer experience mean you know there's customer service there's customer experience customer service is when shit goes wrong and so they need to call you think of like a like a like a phone you know like a cellular company it's just like well your phone's not going or your internet's all messed up so you got to call them and be like what's going on, on the internet and so they're they're serving you in a negative way customer experience is the proactive process or their process engaged with you and so i'm like well how do we become assessed obsessed with customer experience we ask them what they liked and didn't like and we make sure that the things that they did like we keep on doing but focus on the things they didn't like and make that better yep. and that's what I'm constantly trying to do and also offloading myself a little bit. I love the education stuff. I want to keep on building that. And so for me, it's like, I need to, um, you know, I need to focus more on that. And if I'm working one-on-one -on -one all the time, then I'm not going to do that. But if I block times off my schedule, nobody's getting into that schedule, that time frame. Right. You know, there's, there's a, there's a phenomenal, my favorite Jeff Bezos quote of all time. I think it's from, it's from like, it's from, I think it's on 60 minutes. Uh, it was back when he had hair and looked like a dweeb. He didn't look like the jacked savage that he does now. Yeah. Uh, and had, they were like, I think they were, I, if I remember correctly, I feel like it was during like the internet bubble when, when it was kind of like crashing down and their stock had was like really plummeting. And the, whoever the interviewer was, was saying, you know, what should, what should shareholders and investors think uh, when they're, when they're invest, investing in another internet company with Amazon and mm -hmm. he looks up at the guy like pissed. He's like scolding. Yeah. He's just like, and he says, he literally says this, he goes, internet schminternet. He's like, yeah. we're not an internet company. We are obsessed with customer experience. He's like, yeah. that's the only, when you're investing in Amazon, the only thing that you should be you should know that you're investing in is a company that is obsessed with uh, customer experience. And I got to say, they've done a pretty good job with that. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, I got one last question for you, Alex. Absolutely. And, you know, I know, I know there's a lot of people in my audience that is listening that will, 
that is, you know, at the beginning stages of the business where it's not working and they're scared and they're frustrated and they don't know exactly what to do. And, you know, I'm probably some people in your audience that uh, are feeling the same way, you know, these more often than not, most businesses, most businesses are in this place. What would you say to somebody who right now, like I, I, when I wrote it down on my piece of paper, I said, like, what do you think is the key to successes in business? Obviously a super loaded question, but like, what do you just say? Like you're in front of that person and they're like, you know, I admire what you've done. How do I do that? What do you say to that person? Yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot that I could say. I mean, one of the biggest things that I still think about is not being complacent. Like I always want to be better. It's like from an education standpoint, like I look myself in the mirror and I don't actually say it, but I think it's like, did I get better today? Did I improve something? It's like the big thing is patience, in my opinion. Like I, you know, you see all these people around you. I mean, you see the success of people and you're like, I want to be like that person. Mm -hmm. As you said, like based on your question, it's like, well, like you got to realize that I've, for example, me, myself, I've spent 10 years learning stuff. Like what I'm presenting now is accumulation of 10 years of understanding things and, and, and doing that. And then I, yesterday was the year mark of Evolve. I'm still- Congratulations. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, and I'm still learning, but I think I have a better handle on it. And so people who are like, for people who are struggling, it's just like, be patient, keep like keep on being reflective of like what is happening what's not happening understand who your target audience is and ask them what problems that they need to what problems do you need to solve or sorry what problems do they need solved what problems are they doing and then ask them how would it be more efficient like for example the guy the 12 months to a million what he said he's like i went to all these yoga forums on facebook and i said you're doing yoga all the time. What is something that's missing? And they all said, yeah, the, the yoga mats suck. They're not thick enough. They're too soft. He's like, great. If we bought, if we made that, would you purchase it? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, where do I sign up? Go to this Facebook page. Here's the group, Facebook group. You sign up, we're going to start posting updated information of when it's going to come. And then also information like educational information. Great. So it's like what you've, so what, what you need to do is again, like solve their problem, figure out who they are, who the person is you want to deal with. Like, you know, I, I know this always says in these self-help books, but it's just like, you know, ask yourself, like, think of like three of your clients that you enjoy working with the most or three things that you enjoy doing the most, do that. You don't have to do the stuff that you don't like, you know, like you can always outsource the stuff you don't like. You don't like accounting, hire an accountant. You know, like you, you're trying to learn about legal stuff. Like why? There's people, like yes. get a lawyer, like, you know, pay people. It's like, you know, it's tax advantage as well. It's a write-off, but focus on the things that you are the best at. If things aren't working, be honest with yourself and understand why ask the people, ask people why they did or did not like it. And then make your products and make your business based on other people's feedback, not based on what you think they want, because what you think they want is what you want. And that's not what they want. 
we come from different, you know, we come, we have different needs. We have different, like, I don't like, you know, mayonnaise on my burger. Like my fiance does. It's like, why would I make a product that had, you know, like if I'm, you know, uh, in the produce or whatever, like I'm going to make something that tastes like mayonnaise, but not like mayonnaise. Like she doesn't care about that. She loves mayonnaise. And so it's, you know, like probably a terrible example, but um, <laughs> I'm that, just thinking how crazy you are, man. Mayo on a burger is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, but it's, it's like, yeah, again, you're doing it based on what they want to say. And there's a beauty in discomfort, you know, and, you know, that's where we grow. We grow in uncomfortable situations. And just remember that this is a lull and there will be mountains and valleys always. But what you're going to realize is that the mountains are going to get smaller. I'm sorry. Yes, the mountains will get smaller and the valleys will get shallower. And so it won't happen as much. Right. I mean, the valleys, you know, yeah. And the mountains will get longer, I guess. Um, but, you know, you got to stay consistent. You can't stay complacent. You got to get feedback from your clients, understand what they like and don't like. And that is how you're going to understand why you may be in a rut, why you may be struggling. We like the thing, the way things were before COVID are going to always be changed forever. Some things will go back, but there will always be an understanding that something like this may happen again. So how are you going to be prepared for it? The most successful companies that came out of this were the technology companies, which says something. It means that they have, I mean, the food companies, which we rely on and like, who are the winners of COVID? Think about that. Who won in COVID? Amazon, um, Big time. Facebook, right? Um, a lot of technology comp companies like Apple, right? And then um, Uber didn't do well, right? Like, you know, Instagram did very well. Netflix did very well. It's like, what do these people do? These people are on some type of virtual platform and they don't rely on geographical location. So how do you get your message across that isn't geographically bound and has the potential of growing because we know technology is here to stay. We know people are going to be working from home to some aspect, which means they're not going to be coming into the city. So how do you tailor your business based on COVID? I just thought like, what does COVID mean? Who is winning and who are going to, you know, and who are the losers? And it sounds terrible to say, but it's like, they're out there. The yeah. What are the companies that are, they've been around forever and now they're starting to disappear because they did not adapt to the times. I think the training industry is the exact same way. Everybody hated on online training forever. They're like, oh, online training? How do you do that? Now everybody's an online trainer. Everybody's an online therapist. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, instead of bashing it, understand, you know, join it. You know, don't make an enemy out of it. Just understand like, why is it successful? How do you make it more successful? How do you make it based on your qualities? So I think sure. I think I said a lot of different things, but <laughs> I think it'd be a lot longer than like a, a, a five minute, thing, of but course. I would say to sum up, get your customer feedback, understand what are the likes and dislikes. Um, stop, like, don't be complacent, always grow, always try to be better, manage your time effectively and be reflective and look outside of your industry. We have a, we have a, 
we have a problem in this industry where we think in one domain, we think, oh, we're good at training. We're good at, you know, rehab, whatever it is. We're good at looking movement. It's like, well, every single industry abides by systems, which means you can read any book about any company or look at any company and understand how they run as a system. And you can understand how these people think in systems. So you can think in systems to be a better professional, whether that's a business standpoint, whether that is a movement standpoint, right? I mean, I started learning about systems theory a while ago to understand, to create my own system of movement so that no matter what course I took, it would still fit within this organized system rather than be deterred by everything and say, hey, I learned this system. Now this is all I do. I learned this system is all I do. It's like, no, this was a missing piece. That's why I took that system to understand this missing piece, part of my system. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be my answer. And that's a long winded answer, but you know what, though, I mean, it, it, valuable it, things. That's, that's a good, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to really nail it down. And each, each case is, is, is so unique and each person and each business is so, so different. Um, you know, the, the, what I would say to that is, you know, I, I've, I've always had these like three laws, I think what everybody like if somebody listens to this podcast, right? Like they're they're interested, they're maybe they're interested in 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 your business model and they've just maybe they're fans of yours and they're coming along for the ride to say like heck, let's see what let's see what happens. But I think most people consume content like this because they're they're after one thing. And that one thing is typically a breakthrough, right? You're here most likely because you're listening for a piece of advice that's a game changer that changes the game forever for you that'll allow you to get from where you are right now to where you want to be. And I think at the very most simple level, I think there's three laws and I like I'm genuine with, with, with me calling them laws uh, because I don't think that they're ever going to change. And the first one is that there's resistance and there always will be to everything you want to do. When you wake up in the morning, as soon as your alarm goes off, when the sun comes up and your eyes open, you have resistance. You will be met with, resist with resistance every morning for the rest of your life, period never going to change. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the quicker you accept that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people kind of hope that on the other end of the rainbow, there's this like time where it's just, just like roses and stuff. And it's not that way. The way to overcome the resistance is number one, you start key. Mm -hmm. Number two, law number two is that you just start building momentum. When even when you sat down to do this list or listen to this podcast, you know, maybe you chose this over, you know, the music that you're going to listen to, or maybe you're, you know, kit, you're in the kitchen and you're cooking and you're like, well, let me try to get a little bit better. You started, you started a little bit of momentum and that's awesome. The mm -hmm. problem is, is that you have to drive that overcoming of the resistance and that momentum into a habit so that you can routinely do it every day. So now that your habits aren't Netflix and Instagram, your habits are things that actually drive you. You've embraced the fact that there's resistance. You know, you have to get started and you, you turn it into a habit. You know, those are my, my, if you're looking for a breakthrough, don't look at, don't look a whole heck of a lot further than that. It's not that simple. There's no gimmicks. There's nothing. There's no, there's no magic pill. And uh, you can hear that a million times, but really it's, it's, it's genuinely uh, as, as simple as that. And yeah, it's, with you know, that, it's, it's all principles. It's all principles driven, right? Like I think in terms of principles and systems and the methods at which you do it are going to be different depending on where you are in your business, where you are in your life, your experiences, your context, like all these things are important. So it's like what I've done and the way that I think about things is gonna be different maybe than the way that you think about things. But, you know, I, I did like, this is what I did, Sean, like all growing up is like, I would, 
you know, read or listen to people who were successful and just listen to what they had to say. And I'm not saying like, that's me, what I'm saying, like, cause I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, but what I'm saying is like, you know, you know, like Tony Robbins or Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, like all these people that like I admire for different reasons. And, you know, they were all met with some, as, as you said, resistance, but how they adapted to that is all in different ways. And the more perspectives you get, the more you're under, the more arsenal you have, the more tools in your toolbox to be able to overcome that resistance and have strategies against it. Because those three laws, I like them because they're exactly right. Like you're always going to you know, even if you're successful, you're always going to hit those. And that's why I said like mountains and valleys, you're always going to hit them. But it's like every single time you hit it, you have hit it with a different strategy. But if you are not adaptable and you are rigid in your thinking, you're fixing your thinking, you don't have a growth mindset, then you're going to get stuck and you're going to stay there. You're going to get your foot stuck in the mud. It's not going to come out because you haven't found a way to get out of it. And sometimes it takes thinking outside the box. Sometimes it takes self-reflection. Sometimes it takes admitting that you were wrong, which is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Very, very difficult because no matter what, if you don't think you have an ego, everybody's got an ego and ego is important to some aspect, not the negative ego, but like the ego, like there's an alter ego that you can put as you were describing before. Like, I love that book, Alter Ego, where he asks all these successful people, like, how do you get up to the same thing all the time? And I should have said this. Um, they create an alter ego, an alternative, like I, this is not who I am, but this is like, I am somebody who's gonna get up and who is, going to consume more information than anybody else and you go there and that's your that's your goal and that is your driving force it's not it's not an ego that puts down other people or makes you think you're better than other people it's more so these are my objectives and i'm going to not I'm, I, like i'm not going to be alex at this point i'm going to be somebody else who's better at better than alex at this aspect i'm going to do it and then i'll kind of come back into my body or whatever and i'll just hang out and relax, right? Um, yep, yep. But I guess one more thing, Sean, is for entrepreneurs and the mistake that I made was, you know, it's important to take breaks, you know, and I didn't. And I thought like I found myself less creative and like, you don't have to get to zero to a hundred right away. It'll take months and it will take years to get to your goal. But every single thing that you do should build towards that goal. You should have a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a, a six-month goal, a yearly goal, five-year, 10-year. If you have all those, then don't do anything that goes against it, right? Yep. I, I, I mean, Alex, this, 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 was real, this was really like super, super good. I wish you could see my notepad here. It is absolute <laughs> scribbles and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and when I went, like, I, I'm, I'm going to have to sit here for a second. Like I was already thinking that I have to like type these up to organize them because like I said, man, I, I this, you, your prowess as a businessman is, is really impressive. And, appreciate that. Uh, you know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I do what I do is because I have come across and I'm sure you're seeing it as well, where it's like, there's so many passionate, amazing strength and conditioning coaches out there who mm -hmm. just 
will 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 never never you know make a ton of money they'll never they'll always struggle they'll they'll you know won't get the notoriety that they want because they they've mastered one thing but they're they don't unnecessarily see this side of of the coin uh and as you know like i used to be straight strength and conditioning guy uh and i mean you look at my stuff now it's straight business stuff and yeah I, I think that's where I really want to be able to help somebody is really create a life and create freedom and uh, be somebody who's able to train the way they want to do the things that they love. And, and I know I'm positive, especially the people that are that are following you will truly resonate with with everything that you said. I mean, truly and, and take it from somebody who literally studies business and works with entrepreneurs every single day. This man knows what he's, this man is, is doing it and he's doing it the right way. No joke. I swear. I'm not just saying that because you're on my podcast. Like that is, I, I admire so much of what you've said here today. So uh, Alex, thanks so much for being here. Uh, tell, tell the people, tell the people where they can find you. There's so many great things that, that you're doing and people should be involved. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at my first name, Alex period, last name effort, Alex.ever. Um, that's where I'm mostly at, um, you go to my website, resilientrehab.com or resilientedu.com. And yeah, I do evolve mentorship, which basically talks about my process on from movement and from a training perspective and how to get more, like how to accelerate results with clients, um, based on like a, a process or a system that actually, in my opinion, has worked based on all the courses I've taken. Like these are the fundamental systems. Um, yeah, those are really the two main areas that you can find me. And uh, I have an upper body program I just released. And yeah, Evolve Mentorship starts July 12th. And we've, it's, it's amazing to see all the different people. Like we've got podiatrists, we've got Pilates instructors. And so it's, it's, it's really cool to see the diverse background of people um, that are just trying to understand movement a little bit better because I think we're taught in this very myopic viewpoints. Like we, if we're strength conditioning, we can just talk about strength training. It's like, no, talk about movement, podiatrist. We just talked about the foot. No, we can talk about the thorax and the pelvis. We're all integrated. And so we go all into that. And yeah, it's just creating a system for you and a model for you that helps make things easier and explain things easier. And then um, develops this platform for you to be able to build off of. And so yeah, those are those are my two main areas, I would say. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Make sure you check them out. I, there's nobody doing it at a higher level than Alex. Um, check it out, guys. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for being so open uh, about your business and, and you know, being willing to share. And I'm, I, I know it's going to help a lot of people. So uh, thank you so much. And guys, we'll, we'll see you back next time uh, for the next episode of the Show on My Podcast. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Did you know you can work one-on-one -on -one with Sean for free for 30 days to help you build your fitness business? If you want to learn more about how to take advantage of our 30-day runway coaching program, head over to 4acoaching.com and schedule your free momentum call. That's the number 4acoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for the next episode of the Sean Light Podcast. Podcast.